0: God. I just, uh, as it was cold this morning came in, coming in and my mind does go to those people that are tucked away, slight jealous of the online crew. But then when the worship starts, I'm like, nah, I'd rather be here. So I know I'd rather be here. So uh, praise God. Hey, uh, like, like Mel said, we're in this, we're doing a series called Generational Mindset. It said and um, I started off the series really uh, t- two weeks ago, and I really attacked the actual uh, the idea that we all bring baggage into through our lives. We realise it or not, we all got our way of seeing things. You know, that there's a there's an idea that you don't see the world the way it is. You see the world the way you are, and really just encouraging us and challenging us to start to see start to adjust our thinking, uh, transform our thinking with to, to align it with the Word of God. So we'll start to see the world through the lens of Scripture, through the lens of the way God wants us to see it. And our Pastor Mel, last week, she really was able to, she's got really nuts and bolts and, and we were able to uh, pray for people afterwards and saw God move really mightily in, in, in breaking generational uh, deficits. Breaking things that were uh, from from that we don't realize that we're carrying on from our ancestors, and, and and understanding that God wants you to be free, and and there's a, the truth of it is is the scripture says that he who the sun sets free is free indeed, but we have to actually access that freedom by faith and apply it to our lives, and and we're and that was amazing last week. And what I want to do this morning is, uh, as much as we've been sort of looking backwards a bit uh, the last two weeks. And, and, and almost adjusting the past, rectifying wrongs, if you like. This week, I want to be really going forwards and, and, and talking about prophesying the future, prophesying over our generations uh, w- w- what God says about them. And, and I almost want to teach it. This is, I, I, I'm a person who likes to preach, and uh, I like to be inspirational and encouraging. And, but sometimes we just need to really get into the Scripture and teach. We need to teach, uh, and, and I really believe that's what God was got for us this morning. But something's exciting with the teaching is that God likes to prove His Word with signs and wonders. So we are going to teach this morning, but I believe that God is going to do some miracles in people's lives to confirm His Word. Amen? Amen. Now, this is what I touched on in, in the first week of this session, in this series, Psalm 35 and 27, and it says this, Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So when people sort of think, oh, he's talking about prosperity and positivity again. It's like, yeah, okay, great. That means they're biblical. That means they're a Bible-believing, a Bible-acting church because it says, say continually. Remember, keep it at the front of your mind. Talk about how God loves it when you thrive. Talk about it continually. Let that be the thrust of your conversation. Let that be the overarching drive of, of what you preach and teach. Let them say continually. See, when we first where I took over this when Melissa and I first were um you know asked to pastor this church and and well pastor Malcolm was actually the the senior pastor I was 26 27 years old and I was put in the driving seat as far as most of the teaching and preaching and and I was able to really take this idea that God wants to be good to you the idea that your sins are forgiven the idea that your Father in heaven loves you. He's saying, all is forgiven, come home. And I was able to take that and, and really bring it to the front of, uh, of, of the teaching that was, was taking place in our church. And you know what? There were a lot of people that they weren't happy about that. Like, we want to be challenged more. We want to be told about all the wrong things. We want to leave, leave church feeling convicted. So the problem with that thinking is, is it's not biblical. The Bible doesn't talk about you leaving church feeling beat up and convicted. Because the Bible actually says this about conviction it says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and it clarifies that sin as unbelief in Jesus, but it convicts the church, the believer, of their righteousness. You want to feel convicted, a biblical conviction? This is biblical conviction. Your sins are forgiven. Your Father in heaven loves you. I don't care what you did today, yesterday. You're forgiven. You are righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ by faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is biblical conviction. Biblical conviction, is, that's biblical conviction. That doesn't mean we don't. Ha- God doesn't call us higher. That doesn't mean God doesn't challenge us. It doesn't mean God, do- he wants us to live in sin or anything like that. But that's not what conviction is that's not what conviction is and so when we were able to, when we started to teach this and started to really bring to the front and, and say continually that God delights in the prosperity of his servants, there was kickback and I think, man why would somebody have a problem with understanding that their dad wants to be good to them And so much of it's because we don't feel we deserve it because our experience is... We, we, we want to see justice, we, and, and we don't properly understand the nature of God. And to understand justice, this is justice, is that God inflicted all of the punishment ever due to you on King Jesus. He died in your place. 100% your sins were paid for. That is justice. Do you know what's unjust? Unjust. To pay for the same sin twice, to pay for the same crime twice, that's unjust. It would be unjust of God to require of you what Jesus has already paid for for you, that's unjust. So we actually have to take this step back and realize, you know what, if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, and start to walk in this new life. And that's what I want us to be doing as we're thinking forward generationally. We're thinking new life. New life, new life. And I want us to really start to exercise and execute that new life that God has called us to. Amen? Proverbs 11.11 says this, Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it is destroyed. This is saying, an upright person, if they speak the blessing, can lift a city. A negative person, a wicked person, talking rubbish can drag down a city. How much more our family? How much more a family? How much more do the words you speak over your children go through them? How much more do the words you speak over your marriage go through it? How much more does the word you speak over your home lift it or pull it down? We have the power in your mouth. The scripture says that the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat the fruit of it, is what it says. But listen to this. Don't just take my word for it. Let's take to see what Jesus has to say. <laughs> have faith in God, Jesus answered. Mark chapter eleven and verse twenty-two. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. What I want us to do this morning is I want to get, I'm going to take the the, the first session we had in this series a little bit further, and I want to deal with our heart but then I also want to teach us to use our mouth. Because it says here, if you say with your mouth, go, but and not doubt in your heart, it will happen. It will be done for you. Done for you. That doesn't mean you do it. Done for you. Who does it for you? Have faith in God. It will be done for you. God will do it for you. According to your mouth according to the belief in your heart. And in 1 uh, John five fourteen it says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. There's this correlation of believing, declaring, believing, asking, receiving. And there's this Understanding where we are living in a place where the Bible is teaching us, it's trying to get across to us the secret of the universe. It's saying you can speak to a mountain and tell it to be moved and it will move. Like, can you wrap your head around that? Can you wrap your head around the power that Jesus is trying to teach his church here? Can you even fathom the power that Jesus is trying to to teach us to access? If you believe it in your heart and don't doubt it and you say it, it will be done. (laughs) It's the craziest paradox. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. Say it. Believe it believe you've got it now. So it's actually you possess it before you have it. Jesus is saying here, I want you to get it so you can get it. You have to get it before you can get it. And and it's so, so, so critical that we understand the nature of God and what God wants for your life and for the life of your family and for the life of the generations, that it becomes something that is just so matter-of-fact in our heads and our hearts that we're able to function and flow with God's Word and His will in such a way that it's an expectation of our heart, that we believe and don't doubt in our heart. Because if you're anything like me, often you've got this little niggle. When something good's happening, it's like, well, this is, well, you know. It's only a matter of time before this falls down. Something bad happens, that'd be right. I shouldn't have expected that. And just those little... We just don't understand the nature of God and God's heart for his children. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to really attack it this morning. And I want to, oh, my prayer and my hope is that oh, from us getting it in our hearts, it's going to unlock it in our mouths. And we'll be able to flow and speak this mountain moving faith, speak with mountain moving faith, not because we're able to conjure up some magical power but because it's a reality in our hearts and what's real in our hearts will come out of our mouth and what what we (laughs) what's real in our hearts that comes out of our mouth will become real on the outside because that's what jesus said will happen he's calling the church into the supernatural he's calling the church out of he's calling us past what we can see and he's calling us so far beyond what we've ever hoped for even imagined You know, there's a scripture in um, Ephesians 3.20, it says that He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all you could ask, hope, or imagine. Your brain is so limited compared to what God wants to do in and through your life. And this is one of the keys, if not the major key, to unlocking that infinite potential in our lives. And I really believe that the key is knowing the nature of God and understanding what He wants for His kids. So I'm going to God has always wanted mankind to live like this. He's always wanted it. He put Adam and Eve on planet Earth, and Adam's first job was to name every single animal on on the planet. And you know what Adam did? He could. His plan was for Adam to live in paradise, heaven on earth. And then when things couldn't get any better, he gave Adam a wife, and then they're both living in paradise. They're both living in heaven on earth. God himself walking with them, just this amazing paradise. It was one rule, don't eat from that plant. The rest was just just explore, conquer, develop, enjoy. And, and this is what, says so God created mankind in his own image. Imagine being created in the image of God himself. That's you. God himself made you in the image of <laughs> You were created in the image of God. Jesus put it this way, he said that you are God's. You are gods. You're children of God. Right there, right there should be the little key for us to realize, hang on, we are not living like gods. We're not living like, <laughs> like children of the Most High God, created in the image of the Most High God. We're walking around with limited lives, walking restricted, walking letting get beat down by sickness, by poverty, by arguing, by these little things. And that's so far below what God ever intended for His kids. It's so far Just, I cannot imagine how much it hurts God to see us walking so far below what He made us for. Created literally in the image of God Himself. In the image of God, He created them. Man and woman, He created them. And it says this God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and an increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He blessed humanity. He blessed Adam and Eve with this blessing. And we, we had not even scratched the surface of what this blessing is, but that's what I'm going to try and really screw down a little bit further this morning. And then uh, and then Adam and Eve blew it. They blew it and actually rejected the blessing. And then God got another guy called Noah. And then some of us will know the story where God's like, he did it. You know, we talk about the Great Reset. This The, the Bible has a few really great resets. <laughs> there was a global flood. That's a pretty massive reset. Uh, and, and, and Noah and his family were uh, built an ark and survived the flood, and there was a reset. And then after the reset, God <laughs> said this to Noah. He says, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And that went well for a period of time. And then again, ma- like, mankind rejected God and walked away from God and weren't living for God. And then God pulled this one pagan heathen guy called Abraham, we know he was a, a, a pagan because he's from a family of idol worshippers. And God pulls him aside. He saw something in him. He's like, you, I can see this faith in your heart. There's something about you. Come here. And I, if you're here this morning, it's because God, he said, I can see there's something about you. Come here. We say we found God. God was never lost. God found you, man. <laughs> and, 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 and called us by name, called you by name. And, and, and he called this guy Abraham, and he says to him, and this is, he said, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. And then we start to see this blessing and what it looks like. And this is important that we can actually reconcile the blessing of Abraham, the tangible understanding, the reality of what the Bible describes this blessing like, because it's the same blessing you have got, bec- which we'll show you a little bit later, but you have the same blessing given to Abraham you have. I, I, I'm actually going to go there right now, just because. Understand then, the, uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that, Abra- that God would justify the Gentiles through faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. This is the gospel. This is the good news that God wants. This is the gospel. All nations will be blessed through you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the good news of the Bible, that all nations will be blessed through Abraham, which we understand later is through the Lord Jesus Christ, because as we keep reading, it says that those who rely on faith, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, jump down to verse 13, says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is anyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The good news of the Bible is that you have the blessing of Abraham. That's the good news of the Bible. It's not, you get to go to heaven. Hey, you know what? Yeah, there's that as well. That's cool and that's awesome. But that's actually part of the blessing. And you'll see as we dig into this blessing, you're not going to go to heaven for a long time, God willing. Because part of the blessing is old age. Part of the blessing is a long life. So, you know what? For me, I reckon I've got another 60 years on this rock. Plan on doing it pretty good. Plan on doing it really well. So I just want to show you the, what the blessing actually looks like. And remember, I'm teaching you this because it needs to get in our heart. It needs to get in our heart. It needs to become a, just part of our core beliefs, part of how we understand God, how, part of how we understand the interaction God wants to have with us, part part of just who we are as children of God. It, this is so... I may be... I I don't think I've ever preached a more important message in my life. So guys, get this. Get this. I'm preaching to myself here as well because this is something we need to say continually, remember? So God created, then go to your own country and then it starts to talk about the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 24 here says this. Now Abraham was very old. And the Lord blessed him in every way. So we already see immediately that old age is part of the blessing. A long life is part of the blessing. And there are many other scriptures where I can show you that, verify that. Psalm 91 says that he will ble- with long life he will satisfy you. It's part of the blessing. Uh, Genesis 24, it goes da- jumps down and, and we see Abraham's servant describing this blessing. An aspect of it. It's not the whole blessing. It's an aspect of it, which means it's there and it's part of it. So he said, I am Abraham's servant, uh, Genesis 24, 34. So I'm Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly. And then he goes on to describe what this abundant blessing has manifested in his life. This is the blessing that you have. This is the blessing that God has given you. The same blessing. It says here, and he has become very wealthy. He's given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. He's talking about the economics of that era. The economics of that era. He's saying that, hey, this blessing is economical. It includes it includes massive economical prosperity. It includes that. Get it out of your head that God wants you broke. That is not in the Bible. That is not biblical at all. That is not bi- Do you know there's a place in the New Testament that says that God wants you blessed so that you can be generous on every occasion so that Thanksgiving will, res- so it will result in thanksgiving to God? Do you know that says that? Do you know that's what the Bible says? He wants you blessed so you can be generous on every occasion. You can't be generous on every occasion if you're broke. Like as we were just doing a, a building, um, building fun faith pledge. You know what? If you're broke, it's really hard to do, to, to really contribute in a heavy way in that. Like, yeah, I mean, Jesus, like, okay, great. We get to put the widow's might in, and God loves it. But that's not transforming lives on the other side. This is not Bible. That is not Bible. God does not want you broke. That is not Bible. Uh, then, then it goes on, and we see that Abraham's son, Isaac, he was given the blessing. And then this is how it talks about, so Genesis 26, verse 12 says this, Isaac planted crops in that land, And the same year reaped a hundredfold. Why? Because the Lord blessed him. The Lord's blessing caused him one hundredfold increase because he was blessed. The man became rich. His wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. It's like he became rich until he became very rich. Like this is the Lord's blessing at work. This is the Lord's blessing at work. This is really get it into your heads and your hearts, guys. God wants to be good to you in ways that you process as good. He had many flocks and herds and servants, uh, so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. And then we, we really, I can't get it across enough that And a little while ago, God really pulled me up in this area. He said, he he spoke so clearly to me. He said, Jacob, the church has neglected the blessing. He said, yes, they've received Christ and the Holy Spirit, but they forgot all the other stuff. And it was so strong. Like he said, they forgot all the other stuff. He's like, that, that blessing is what God's got for his kids, That's that's for you and me. And we need to be understanding that that's the nature of God. Why? Because we have the power to speak to mountains and they can be moved if we don't doubt in our heart. Now, how can we speak to mountains and move them if in our heart we don't believe that the nature of God is for you to prosper? we don't believe that the nature of God, the will of God for your life is for you to be healed. If we don't believe that the will of God for your life is for you to be financially successful. If we don't believe that the will of God for your life is for you to have children. If we don't believe these things, how can we prophesy them with faith? We have to get it inside so we can speak it and release it into the next generation. We have to. Now, I want us to get this. I believe I've done a reasonable amount of lifting as far as our faith, stirring our faith, helping us to tr- trigger in our minds what the nature of God is. And, and, and I really encourage you guys to even go back and listen to that first uh, that first. Um, sermon in this series and, and 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 get that ignited in you because God doesn't want it to stop there. He doesn't want it to stop with you being blessed. That was never his intention. It was never his intention for it to stop with you. He's a generational God. He wants you to be prophesying over the generations. Now I want to show you something cool. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry, the bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. You know, sometimes your situation is so dire. You're feeling God like prompting you to just take a step of faith, and you're like, "I don't even have that sort of faith." It's like, and he's just handballed off to God. It's like, God, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, and he d- and that's not a bad answer, guys. It's not a bad answer. We just saw right here the great prophet Ezekiel. Just he just was like, God, I don't, I don't reckon. But if you say so, I trust your opinion more than my opinion. And man, that's probably your best default. Is like, I trust your opinion more than my opinion because my opinion goes up and down with my moods, goes up and down with the weather. you know. So we're able to just sort of stop and say, hang on. You, know, you catch yourself in unbelief, just default back to God. Hey God, your opinion over my opinion. And this is what Ezekiel just did here. He said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is, what this, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to the bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and you will make flesh co- um, come upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in, in, well put breath in you and you will come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. See, God told him to speak to an impossible situation. And I love how he told him to do it. I love it. Listen to this. He said... Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in God's mouth. Because it's the word of the Lord. doesn't matter who speaks it, it's the word of the Lord. It's the word of God. The word is living and active, the scripture tells us. Sharper than any any two-edged sword. The word itself is... The word itself has power. And God is telling Ezekiel here, don't you worry about your faith, ability, expectation. Just put my word forward. Put my word forward. And this word here, and I, I rang up a friend of mine, Pastor Ashley Crane, pastor, doctor, professor, smartest person in the world, theologian. Seriously, this guy's like crazy. All right, because I was like, I had this idea as I'm getting this revelation. I'm like, hang on, this is too crazy. I've just got to check it. I gave him a ring during the week, and he invited himself to come and preach. So I was like, yeah, you can come and preach here. Um, Anyway, and then he said to me when I was telling him about this idea, he's like, yeah, that word hear, that's like when you tell your kids, listen to me. He said, when you're saying listen to me, you're not just saying, hey, listen to what I'm saying. You're like, do what I'm saying. Hear and do what I'm saying. So this is where it says, here hear the word of the Lord. This is like, man, you're talking, you're talking, listen to me. Listen here. This is the same vibe. It's, It's like, hear and do what God's saying. It says, hear the word of the Lord, obey the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to say to these bones. God's saying to Ezekiel, say this, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Ezekiel saying to the bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to the bones. We have just read about some crazy aspects of the blessing that you have in your life, that God wants in your life. Too much for your head, I believe, because if your head's anything like mine, it's too much. So sometimes you've just got to say to those dry bones, to those dead situations. It doesn't even say they're dry bones here. It says they're very dry. You all got dogs and the dog's out the back and there's the bone that's like got no more meat, no more marrow, it's just there and it's white and so much past that the dog doesn't even chew on it anymore? Or is that just mine showing how, like, how much we don't clean our yard? He's talking about that. He's talking about one of them. A- and the hope is gone, life is gone, there's no life left in it. And he's saying, speak to that bone and tell it this. So for us, we're like hear the word of the Lord. The Lord says, you are blessed. The Lord says, and we start to attack it like that. But let's keep reading. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Verse 7. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together bone to bone. I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. God is telling him to tell the stuff, this is what I say. He's telling you to say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. He's like, hey, take a step back. Use my authority. If you've got a problem with that, use my name in the authority. This is what God says. And say what he says. It's like, hey, uh, I'm too new at this. This is what God says. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Because this is what God says. All you have to believe is that God said it. Say and don't doubt in your heart. You might not be able to understand or fathom, you owe God, you know. (laughs) But you know that God said it. So you can say that with absolute confidence. You can say that with 100% certainty. God said this. And then you know what? Release the power of God into the situation. The Word of God. You know, the Bible says that God exalts His Word even above His name. we ever get a grip of how powerful this word is, we'll be throwing mountains around. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. This is what God's calling us into, guys. This is what God's calling us into. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. We need to begin to declare what God says over the generations. I've got some scriptures here that I want us to just speak over our generations. Psalm 112, verse 2 says this Their children will be mighty in the land, the generation of the upright will be blessed. My children will be mighty in the land. Hear the word of the Lord, dry bones, drug addicted kids, kids going off the rails, kids failing school, kids this, kids that. My hear the word of the Lord. My kids will be mighty in the land. It's not me. It's what God said. The Bible says it. Hear the word of the Lord. Boom. Proverbs 31:28. Her children will arise and call her blessed. Her husband also. That's not the other generations, that's this generation. You get that for free. Her husband also, and he praises her. Your children might be calling you anything but blessed. Here, it says they will call you blessed. Hear the word of the Lord. My children will call me blessed. My children will come home and restore relationship with me. They will. It says it here. They will call me blessed. I don't care what they're calling you right now. They will call you blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Now, you want to get really excited. Get yourself dug into Deuteronomy 28. And I've only just got a tiniest bit here because for time. But this is stuff we need to start prophesying over our kids, prophesying over our, over the generation we're in now and over the generations to come. It says here, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. You know what? Right there. This is a cool little tricky, this is, guys, this is, when we're reading scripture and it says something like that, the fruit of your womb, that's a pretty interesting way of putting your babies, children you have from inside your stomach, we're obviously speaking to the female part of the equation, but you're like, well, but I don't have kids, what says here, you will, how can the fruit of your womb be blessed if you don't have kids, right there, right there is the promise to the dry bones, that you can have children right there. It's there. We'll be blessed and the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd, the lambs of your flocks. This is so powerful. I've told the story before when my dog was diagnosed with cancer and went blind and we just activated that promise and the cancer was gone, the blindness was just lifted. Like, this is legit. Two vets, two separate vets, that were um, con- confounded with that promise. It says, your basket, your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They'll come at you in one direction and flee from you in seven. You know, my mum, she raised, my parents, my mum and my dad, they raised three boys, and they believed that God would do big things in their life, that these people would affect the generations, and then through life and, and stuff happened, the enemy came in and, and all three of us ended up heroin addicts. And, and it looked bad for a little while there. It looked bad. But you know what? <laughs> the enemy came in one direction but it fleed in seven. Three of us are now off heroin, changing the world, having got families, God's moving in our lives and through our lives. It's, you do not, do not have to put up with it. You do not have to put up with it. If you're if you're if the enemy is coming against your children, the enemy is coming against you in any way, way, shape, or form, it says here, this is a promise that's part of the blessing that is yours. It says, even though the enemy might come at me one way, it will f- scatter. When I turn on it and fight in the name of Jesus, as I lift my mouth and prophesy what God says to the circumstances, it will scatter. This is The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord will bless you in the land He is giving you. Do you know what that means? It means that God is going to give you land. How can He bless you in the land He is giving you if He doesn't give you land? God is giving me land. Thank you, Jesus. I have land. I have land. Lord, thank you for my land. And prophesy, guys. Prophesy. I said before that this is a teaching message but i believe god's going to confirm it and i I just want to just take a moment and we're going to i just believe that god is just going to the prophetic is going to flow and i'm not totally sure how this is going to work but we're just going to start singing the blessing as a church and i'm just going to wait on god and see what he does if anyone wants prayer specifically come forward but i just think that god's going to start just pointing people out and start to show us what just he's going to start to speak thank you jesus Thank you Jesus. Let's just sing that blessing. Let's just guys just church stand. We're going to worship. I just want you to lean in, just with expectation. And say God, I want you to speak to me. And whether whether I speak over you, I believe that God God Himself will start to speak to your hearts as well. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give the peace. You, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord Hallelujah! Make hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, thank you, Jesus. Be thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord Greg, Greg Bingham, yes, I just really feel God saying to you, home, you, Things have not turned out the way that you were hoping. Like I just see, like this. I feel, I feel like you're. It's like you're swimming up a stream, up like upstream. It's like you're just swimming and swimming, and you're like looking behind you, and you're by yourself, and you're like, this was never this was wasn't how i wanted it and i'm just going to sp- we just i'm just going to speak over your circumstances i in the name of jesus christ i i declare <laughs> your family will run together your family will run in one accord you will look behind you and you will see all of your family not not just your wife and your children but your grandchildren you will see the generations running with you you're going to look behind us, right? Then I just felt God saying into the fourth generation, into the fourth generation, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Greg, I just really feeling so strongly that the blessing is going to outlive you. When you go, the, the blessing is going to continue. Your family is going to thrive. Just no more running alone, Greg, no more running alone. And I just speak energy as well, energy, where there's tiredness and weariness, I just release energy. Right now in Jesus' name. Hear the word of the Lord. A refreshing is coming. Those that wait upon the Lord will (laughs) will, he will renew their strength. They will mount with wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Restore the youth. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Times are refreshing in Jesus' name awesome Jesus awesome Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus Tracy I just feel like God's saying uh, just restoration I'm just hearing the word restoration uh, restoration and and I'm just seeing uh, I'm just even like hearing the hearing the words like all all, all your chickens in the nest <laughs> all the chickens in the nest and I can just see your mother hand with the, with the, all the, the chickens in the nest and the wings around and it's a Restoration, hundred percent restoration. Jesus name, Jesus name, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Daisy, I just hear God speaking to you, and He says, "You're a good mom. You're a great mom." He says, uh, uh, "Lean on me." I can, I can just, I just saw Emma Jane as this, t- like, oh, this ama- like this stunning teenager, and just just so well put together, so mature, so just just so well adjusted. Just an amazing young lady. <laughs> so, and I'm just speaking to you 15 years from now. You did a good job. You did a good job. You did a good job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You did a good job. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Spirit speaking to people even in their hearts right now. I know it. I know it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just sweep through this house, Lord. Minister to our hearts, Lord God. Teach us things that only you could teach us, Lord God. Holy Spirit, speak to us, Lord Jesus. Speak right to our hearts, Lord, to those hidden places, God. Those things that we're scared of, God. Those things where we we're in the place like Ezekiel and we say god you, you say it but it seems so far from real it seems so far from possible but lord we we release our opinion and we say god you alone know if you say so I believe it thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Louise, I just feel God speaking to me just about your oldest son. And he <laughs> I'm just hearing the words, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And I also see him in church. I just see him in the house of God. I see him in church. I see him. I just see him in standing in church in uniform. I can see it. He, he's in church in uniform. And I just see this, the most proud mum in the whole world with, a, with, a, with this young man next to her. I can see this man that's bigger than you and you're looking up to him and just worshipping together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord Miller, I can just see so many questions. There's so many questions. And I feel like God's just saying, just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And he's saying, "All my promises to you are yes and amen. They are. They are yes and they are amen." I feel like you've asked God for certain things, and you 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 you're asking me in such a polite way. Where, but God's saying to you, "Yes." He's saying, "Yes." You're not asking in a demanding way at all, and you you've yielded whether it happens or not. You're still going to worship God, but God's saying yes. Yes, and He loves your heart and He loves your attitude. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Do we have anything more to do, Mel? I'm just going to close the service, but if you want, anyone want prayer, just come forwards. Uh, I believe that the just God wants to speak to people and speak directly to people. Hallelujah, mighty Jesus. Awesome Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Maybe let's just sing that song, hey, as a church. We're going to sing.